And I'm back to give the people what they want. I'm Jonathan Marcus, and this is the High Performance Podcast, episode number four. And today I'm going to go over a variety of musings related to championships. I just got back from Albuquerque, New Mexico, coaching and supporting Eleanor Fulton at the USATF Indoor National Championships. And always a lot of takeaways, always a lot of reflection. So here to give you guys that insight about some things I noticed and observed when I um, attended that championship meet. So first thing that I noticed is that failure is a myth. And what do I mean by that? I mean, philosophically speaking, we look at failure as in not making, in this case, the world team or not winning the national title or getting on the podium or some nature of that as this big deal, right? And it is in one way because athletes and coaches, livelihoods, um, devotion of time, effort, and energy, months and months and months of one's life is um, put into creating an opportunity to compete for that honor. But sometimes we get so disappointed, as I related back in episode two of the High Performance Podcast with the amateur gets disappointed and the pro gets better, Maxim, that we become myopic and we lose sight of the fact that it's a learning experience. Failure is a learning experience. Even winning is a learning experience, right? So failure and success are both myths. And what I mean by that, it's how you interpret that outcome that is a genesis for what comes next. So the judge, yes, is the outcome, is the result. But why judge the judge? right? And what I mean by that is we put all this emotional baggage, this right or wrong, good or bad investment into whether I got the result that I wanted, whether I, I worked I worked hard and I should have gotten this result. No, that's I think that's foolhardy. That's uh, misplaced logic because everyone's working hard and everyone wants a very favorable result without a doubt. That's why we're all here. You wouldn't be at a national championship or a conference championship or a county championship or whatever if you didn't want to win. So I think if we step back and gain a little bit of clarity and we say, okay, failure is a myth. What can I then look at the situation with a clear head and say, okay, well, what happened? How do I do a, you know, whether it's a debrief, a hot wash or a postmortem and look at what happened, how it happened, the decisions that the athlete made and then why they chose to make those decisions in the moment, and where there were limiting factors that predicated the decisions they made. Nine times out of ten, right, we coaches want to go and say, oh, it must be a fitness issue. It must be a metabolic. It must be a physiological lack of speed, this and that. And sometimes it's true. But what I've noticed in championship competition over the years, not necessarily always the fittest person wins. It's a nice narrative that we try to tell ourselves and um, tell athletes so that we have a direction of preparation. But you know, at the national class level and even the world class level, everyone's kind of just as talented, just as fit, just as prepared. You know, people have all the amenities um, for in place to guide and aid their preparation. They have expert coaches and a medical team behind them. You know, pretty much the playing field is kind of level. So if we're going to sit back and say, oh, well, this person won because they're more fit, I think we have to question that a little bit because it might have to be fitness of mind, 
rather than just fitness of body. Um, because the key in championship racing is making a quick decision. The difficulty, right, is we tend to want to make the right decision. And that's a calculated decision. That's a, all right, if this happens, then I'll do this. If this happens, then I'll do that. Oh, let me think about, should I move? They're moving, da da da, da. Instinct, I've found, is the key distinguishing element Verse, um, from, compared to the champion and the want-to-be champion. Those who trust their instinct, those who make the quick decision based off instinct, nine times out of ten are the people who end up competing for that um, first position or that podium position. I had about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour cup of coffee, so several cups of coffee for me, <laughs> with uh, my good buddy Mike Smith, who was on episode three here of the High Performance Podcast, the director, head coach of NAU in Flagstaff. And Mike and I, the whole time, we, we talked more about mindset than anything else going into championships. We talked about um, how different athletes' perception about the game being played on championship day is the, the, the distinguishing factor that colors their experience. And what we meant by that was some people view it as like an exciting, improvisational. I, there's no place I'd rather be in the entire world than here. They have a sense of home. They have a sense of belonging. They just love to race. Not worried about the outcome, but excited for the experience of the race. On the flip side, you have competitors who are anxious. You know, some people call them quote unquote head cases you know, who just worry themselves rotten and worry their race right out of them before the gun even goes off because they're so concerned about wanting to do well. They're so concerned about a favorable result, a result where they'll be able to, you know, fit in and say, hey, I did okay. And, you know, for me, it's, it's very difficult to um, support an athlete like that because they're putting self-imposed barriers on themselves. They're creating internal conflict. It's a self-created drama about why they can only finish mid-pack rather than shoot for top pack. And nine times out of ten, it ends up not going well. The outcome ends up being much worse than their concept of stasis or acceptability in that mid-pack because the nature of championship racing is unpredictable. It could be fast from the first step. It could be a seesaw affair of surging. It could be a sit and kick and tactical affair, what have you. Nobody knows, right? Because we spend all this time in invitational races setting up for perfect conditions where we know exactly we're going to go through at this pace with this type of rabbit or these main rabbits, etc. But then we just throw people to the wolves on championship day and say, hey, complete for, compete for spots. And so you see a lot of athletes who are strong at cross-country racing um, be able to transition to championship racing very well because cross-country racing is pretty much every single time a championship-style race because every course is different. Some could be, you know, long courses, short courses. The, the, the distance of the course could be all over the map. You, you're simply just competing and trying to beat other people. And that instinct is one that needs to be nurtured and developed and championed and enthused rather than this judgment on the perceived outcome, perceived outcome that's good or well or acceptable. Because 
Bowerman famously said, hungry tigers hunt best. And that's what you're doing when you're racing, right? You're hunting, especially in a championship meet. One's hunting. So this idea that failure is something to be mortified by, this thing is to, you know, hang your head low. You didn't get the result you, you know, uh, intended or sought is foolish. I think it's, again, go back. It's a learning experience. You know, get better. Get better, get better at racing in a championship environment. Get better at instincts. Get better at trusting your gut. Get better at being excited for the moment that you're privileged to create. And this victimization that some athletes manifest on championship day where they worry themselves rotten over what could happen, what might be, what is going to, how they stack up in some perceived pecking order that they self-constructed within the field misses the mark, right? That's where we need to say what matters most is getting on the track and being tough and trusting yourself, trusting your fitness of mind and body, trusting your instincts and being able just to rip, rock and roll and enjoy the moment and experience it to your fullest. So, you know, again, while it's fresh in my mind, I want to be able to um, speak to it because philosophically, that's an important element, even though it's not hard and practical, like what splits should I run for a race? What, how many miles should I run a week in training, you know, in different phases of my program? It's something that we don't address that often or which is kind of left to a second thought or a last minute. But if your anchor for your season and your target race is a championship race in nature, it's a consideration that must be top of mind, in my opinion, all the way through your buildup, all the way through your training year in and year out for however long you're working with an athlete. Because ultimately, that's how careers are made or broken and decided is how well people do at a championship meet. How many athletes have rocked, you know, invitational time trial events where like, whoa, they're real fast. But every year, they're mid-pack or backpack at the championship meet because the improvisational reality of it um, doesn't lend to them just getting on this pace train and being the fastest time trial on the day. You know, another uh, reflection of mine is... Um, that those athletes who are excited and creative and um, looking forward to the unknown also bode well with the style of racing that, you know, uh, is championship running. And what that means is, like, the creator gets the spoils because you're going into a race and you're creating something from scratch, right? You're creating experience. You're um, deciding what is and what isn't. Your, your actions and your decisions in that moment are manifesting the outcome. So the creative person or the creative athlete who sees the track or the road or the grass as their um, canvas has a very effective disposition about them versus um, you know, the athlete who views good or bad certain places, you know, noteworthy or not, who is a little bit more handcuffed. So, you know, again, like talking with Mike and then actually talking a little bit with Jerry Schumacher um, and Mike uh, concurrently, just in coaches' talks backstage, you know, I, I asked him, Jerry, this question that Mike and I were kind of mulling over earlier that morning. And his response is very similar. It's the people who are too calculating, too tactical, too analytical 
that just miss a step come championship day. And what he meant by that was he's worked with athletes who just overthunked it a little too much and waited until they could see very clearly the potentiality of them uh, being able to podium or get a favorable finish to then be uncomfortable, to then step outside their comfort zone and go for it. Versus, you know, the athlete who was a little bit more simple-minded or a little bit more um, direct or just carefree even about what the end result was going to be, went for it. Went for it at 800 if it was fast. Went for it and covered a bold move that someone might have made at a mile in a 5K. You know, went for it, went for it, went for it. Those athletes aren't really analyzing and creating a cost-benefit ratio and an accountant or an accounting of how much energy they have left and if they can continue to run this pace for however many laps or you know left in the race etc 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 they just said ah go <laughs> because if i don't go and if i'm not in touch with the pack if i'm not in the front of the pack i don't have a shot and so that too is very important i think if you know people like coach smith and coach schumacher have recognized that in the elite caliber of athletes they work with it can be useful to everyone to remember you simply have to just, you know, get after it without a second thought. Have it be instinctual, right? So those things are really critical because it's how you can best pay respect and homage to all your hard work and effort. This, you know, championship racing is not, hey, let's send in the training log, see who has the most impressive training log, the most consistent miles, and the most, you know, the fastest workouts with the least amount of rest. No, no, no. You know, that's not what a championship is about. It's about who, you know, wants it, who views it as deeply personal, who insists upon creating this outcome, and who's excited to explore and experiment in the heat of the battle or in the um, moment where the pressure is highest, right? Who's, who thrives in the pressure moment? And that's what we're really trying to uh, nurture and develop in competitors is this self-identification, this efficacy of I thrive in this type of moment. This pressure moment is home. It's, you know, where I belong and I, I wish not to be anywhere else. So, you know, take this as you will and um, do with it as you desire, but hopefully it helps you to kind of think and reflect critically if you're an athlete or a coach about the, the true nature of championship racing and what we're preparing for because I have yet to see, you know, a substantial amount of evidence that demonstrates the fittest person always wins. Yes, you must be fit. I'm not by any means advocating for, you know, someone not training or preparing, but the fittest person is not always the victor. Um, and we've seen this time and time again. And that's what makes sports so exciting and so interesting. So, again, keeping these short and sweet and hopefully very useful, I'll transition now into the um, very popular and well-received, and thanks everybody for the feedback, um, the amateur versus the pro maxims that have colored episode one and two. And so here on episode four, the, the maxim is... Um, in relation to our um, championship racing is the amateur stalls 
and the pro acts. And so following up with what you know I said before is the amateur is stalls. They try to think of all the options and myriad of things to consider and carefully ponder the best choice. Carefully ponder, given the evidence, given the probability of the outcome they desire, what is the best choice? And in that stalling, they miss the moment. They miss the opportunity, right? It is when you're on the precipice and you blink that you lost because you can't blink. You must take the giant leap. Uh, you know, the Italians have a phrase, salto mortale, which is the daring leap. And that's really what the pro does well. They act. They make a quick and fast decision. Might not be the best decision, might not be the right decision, but they trust their instinct. They trust their gut. And so if you act very quickly and rapidly, the spoils of victory have a higher probability to be yours, even though on a conscious level, you're very unsure. You don't know. But subconsciously, and we have to trust our instincts here at a subconscious level, an automatic level, you're going to make the choice that you want to make that's going to give you the highest possibility of the outcome you seek. And people will say, oh, well, you need to trust your conscious you know, level. You need to trust your executive functioning. True. But at the same time, in a racing environment, that's more primal raw and visceral and we know that our automatic nervous system keeps things going clicking along nice and smooth your heart's beating your lungs are breathing you know your um, hormones are dripping based on the responses to the outside rules without you consciously thinking of it there too the pro just acts they execute they go and they get the job done not a whole dialogue, not a whole hemming and hawing about it, not stalling, not waiting for the perfect weather or for the lane to open up or for them not to be boxed in. It's get out and go right now. Act now or act not at all. And I think there's a lot that one can derive from this maxim in not only their championship racing practice, but their everyday race or every, you know, meet racing ability, as well as just every single day, like act, act quick and act true, act sincere. And I think you'll find that the outcomes are much more favorable and in line with what you desire. So that's it. Thank you for tuning in for high performance podcast episode number four. We got a lot of fun things going on at highperformancewest.com. So please check out the um, daily blog if you haven't, as well as the workout of the day. Those are two fan favorites. And now Steve and I are offering a very um, exciting um, kind of premium content paid service. We're trying it out. You know, we have the Polymath, which is an um, offering of the Scholar and Athlete memberships combined we have the scholar membership and we have the athlete membership i'm not going to get into them too much you can explore and decide for yourself if you um, desire to get a little bit more deeper engagement and content the whole idea is to kind of create a meaningful relationship where everyone um, prospers so that's really what i'm about and steve's about and our whole contribution culture at high performance west is about is meaning and impact and relationships so if you want it's there if not like i said we still got a lot of stuff that's on offer just for the good of the community to help kind of add to all the exciting uh, sharing that's going on and education that's going on in the world of coaching so appreciate it thank you
and be back next week with the High Performance Podcast.